Welcome to the Medal of Honor podcast, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. I'm Ken Harbaugh. In each episode, we'll learn about a different service member who has distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. Today, in a special episode, we'll hear the rest of the Lost Battalion story. By the morning of the fifth day, the Lost Battalion had suffered 60% casualties. They were still without food and water, and constant fighting left them too exhausted to bury their dead. Bodies littered the pocket, covered only with leaves and branches. The rest of the 77th continued to try to liberate their comrades. The division wanted to airdrop supplies, but this proved difficult. Despite knowing the coordinates of the Lost Battalion, tree cover, cloudy weather, and German fire made it difficult to spot the Americans from the air. By tracking which areas they came under fire and which ones they didn't, pilots were able to pinpoint the location of their allies, but it cost them three aircraft. Pilot Harold Gottler and forward observer Erwin Bleckley first spotted the Lost Battalion and attempted the drop. Unfortunately, the pilots didn't have experience with air drops because the concept was brand new to World War I. Under heavy fire, Gottler and Bleckley missed their target, dropping the supplies over enemy lines instead of their own. Delighted with the mistake, the Germans opened up the packages and shouted what items they contained down the hillside so the Americans could hear. Gottler and Bleckley were undeterred. They flew back, reloaded, and made a second run, this time approaching lower to the ground to increase their drop accuracy. Again, they came under heavy fire, but this time they hit their target. As they left the area, Gottler was shot in the head, killing him instantly. The plane crashed and Bleckley died soon after. They were both awarded the Medal of Honor for their bravery and sacrifice. Even with their new supplies, things did not look good for the Lost Battalion. After one ambush in which five were killed and four were wounded, the Germans gave a surviving soldier a letter for Whittlesey. They knew the situation was dire for the Americans and they demanded surrender. Whittlesey read the letter and soon ordered his men to take down anything that could be misconstrued as a surrender flag. The Lost Battalion refused to give up. In response, the Germans threw everything they had at the Americans. Flamethrowers, machine guns, snipers, and grenades were all used to finally break their position. The battle was grueling, but the Lost Battalion mustered every last bit of strength and held their ground. When the dust settled, They had exhausted virtually all of their ammunition, and another attack would surely bring defeat. They heard movement in the hills around them and prepared for the worst. But instead of Germans, their allies from the rest of the 77th Division appeared at the tree line. After nine days of fighting, they were finally rescued. By the end, the Lost Battalion suffered over 70% casualties. Members of the rest of the 77th said they could smell the pocket from a quarter mile away, and became sick upon reaching it. Entrails hung on trees, severed limbs were scattered across the ground, and bodies were piled up by the dozens. The Lost Battalion was evacuated, and they became the American news story of World War I. Both Major Whittlesey and Captain McMurtry were awarded the Medal of Honor for their leadership, the first two of the war. They became celebrities when they reached home, albeit reluctantly, and were constantly being asked for interviews and appearances. Families of members of soldiers from the Lost Battalion even started reaching out and asking Whittlesey for financial help. This attention took a serious toll on them. Whittlesey and McMurtry suffered from PTSD after the traumatic events in the pocket, and they were forced to keep reliving them over and over. 
They pushed through by spending a lot of time recommending their men for awards, but Whittlesey was particularly distraught. They were both eventually invited to serve as pallbearers for the funeral of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Whittlesey was hesitant about it. Gas-related tuberculosis left him with a chronic cough, and the months prior had been emotionally exhausting. But they both attended the funeral. During the ceremony, Whittlesey leaned over and whispered to McMurtry, I should not have come here. I cannot help but wonder if that may not be one of my men from the pocket. I shall have nightmares tonight and hear the wounded screaming again. Two weeks later, Whittlesey boarded a cruise ship headed to Cuba. On the first night of the voyage, he was invited to dinner with the captain and seen drinking at the bar on board. He was reportedly more relaxed than usual and happily answered questions about his service. After that night, he was never seen again. He left eight letters to his closest friends, including McMurtry, in his room and died by suicide by jumping overboard. McMurtry burned his letter after reading it and refused to divulge its contents, saying only that it was a personal farewell and that Whittlesey was a casualty of war. The Medal of Honor Podcast is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Nathan Corson is our executive producer and mixing engineer. Declan Roars is our associate producer, scriptwriter, and recording engineer. And I'm Ken Harbaugh. We are proud to support the National Medal of Honor Museum. To learn more and to support their mission, go to mohmuseum.org. Thanks for listening. History is the greatest adventure story. But does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time? This is Lori from the Her Half of History podcast, and the answer is that some women were seizing power, or escaping slavery, or spying for their country, or creating artistic masterpieces, while countless others were doing the laundry, getting married, and wondering why their clothes don't have more pockets. If you would like to hear the stories of women doing all of those things, check out Her Half of History at herhalfofhistory.com or wherever you get your podcasts.